Welcome to the Joe Ciccarelli Show, where I coach and inspire you to live your very best life, one step at a time. Hey guys, welcome to episode number 21 of the Joe Ciccarelli Show, an actionable approach to empathy. I've talked about empathy a couple times on here. You guys have heard me. Uh, Today I want to do a deeper dive. Reason for it is I just got off, um, not just got off, I just finished a six-week program I think I've talked about here, partnered up with this positive intelligence group. If you guys have taken the saboteur assessment, this guy Shazard, whatever, I went through a lot of his stuff and um, he offers a six-weeks program that coaches can offer to individuals and kind of help work them through a bunch of the different stuff that he talks about that I talk about. A lot of the stuff this guy does is brilliant. And really resonates with me and a lot of the stuff that I've been after. Just finished this six-week thing, uh, this six-week program. The way it works is you have uh, each week you have a video, you have exercises and a really neat app. And then I hold, uh, it for, for, the first set, for, for the first round, I held uh, a weekly uh, meeting to just discuss everything that's going on and get people's feedback and get people talking and kind of chatting with each other and resonating and whatnot. And uh, I had... It was my first round, so I just wanted to kind of run a test to learn more about how it worked. I invited family and friends. I had eight people go through it, and uh, it was a great experience for everyone. I had people my age and younger, girls f- girls and boys, females and males, all the way up to my dad. I mean, when I say my dad's age, it was my dad, 72 years old, so all walks of life, and the uh, feedback was fantastic, but um, the reason why that's relevant to you uh, in this podcast is one of the weeks was on empathy. I've, again, I, I've talked about empathy before, so this shouldn't be completely new to you guys if, if you listen to every one of my podcasts religiously, which obviously you do. I mean, that's, that's, that's what you do, right? You listen to every single one of my podcasts. But I have talked about it before. But I just did the survey for, uh, to get feedback from people. And by far, everyone's favorite week was this empathy week. And when we meet after that video section and kind of meet in the middle of the next week, people were just like, when I say going nuts, I mean, let's be realistic here. It was it's a self-development course. I don't think people were doing cartwheels. But uh, people were just all so resonant with like, wow, yeah, that really hits home for me. That's super powerful. And what I found is I explained empathy a couple times to them as I've done on this podcast prior to. And I kind of got like the deer in the headlights look. And it was like, Joe, what the hell are you talking about? And um, it's kind of tough to grasp. Empathy, like I think I can say to you now, and you probably understand it from a definition standpoint, and maybe at different levels, but um, I think it warrants a deeper dive. For me, uh, when I really started to grasp it and understand it a little bit more, it really, really changed my life. One of the action items here I'm going to talk about at the end, I did this action item, and then I spent like 35 minutes crying in my living room. I don't even know what it was about. Maybe I'll try and figure that out today too is why the hell I was crying. I think it'll kind of come up. But um, yeah, it was just like, it's some deep, deep, really rich work. Um, And empathy is a great way to, uh, and I talk about empathy in terms of empathizing with yourself, also with others. I'm going to talk about both today. Um, I don't have like a super strict, like I'm going to talk about this, this, and this. I'm going to kind of go off the cuff a little bit and just rant because I think that's the best way to explain this stuff. So I think I'm going to say the same thing in a lot of different ways. And I I don't know that I'll go for 30 minutes today, uh, but I want to say the same thing in in a lot of different ways. And I want to see, I want to see, but yeah, hopefully I get some feedback from you guys, but uh, hopefully some of it hits home to you. I think hearing things in different ways and 
some things make sense to some people and some things make sense to other people. And I mean, I have like probably, I don't know, two or three million people that listen to this podcast on a weekly basis. So I just really need to make sure that everyone, you know, everyone gets a chance and everyone really understands it because it's just, it's a big deal. It's a big deal to me. Where does this all come from? I think this comes from the fact that as a coach, as an individual, uh, I mean, like as a person of the world, I feel like most people don't like themselves. The, the internal dialogue that we have with ourselves is absolutely positively horrific. I mean, it's horrible. It, I always try and when we do a lot of work on saboteurs, which is the internal, like the, any negative voice inside our head that goes on is a saboteur. It's a negative um, emotion that comes up. And I always say to people, if you were to say half the stuff you say to yourself to other people, how many friends would you have? How, what would your family think of you? And everyone says the same thing. Absolutely not. And um, it's a big problem, the way we treat ourselves. Empathy to me was a way to really start to help mend that conversation. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do to to mend the conversation, but empathy to me really, really was the first step in starting to um, starting to give myself a break, if you will, because that's what it is to me is giving yourself a break, giving others a break, but more importantly, it's putting yourself in other people's shoes to feel what they're going through, to kind of be with them. It's one thing to listen to someone uh, or to listen to yourself, but it's another thing to actually feel it. And you could tell when you're feeling felt from someone and you could tell, uh, and I really hope for any of you that are, that are listening to this, I, I can say that people that I coach with, we really get to this point often. I'm sure if you've been to therapy or coaching, you, you, you kind of get to the point where you're able to separate yourself from yourself, if that makes sense. Um, it's like we have all these voices and all this craziness that goes on in our head, right? Like absolute insanity. And a lot of this is negative. And a lot of this is how we don't like ourselves and we're mean to ourselves. Um, but at some stage, and I think the saboteur assessment was really useful on that because you realize that like, this isn't you. This is these voices inside your head. And when you start to separate yourself and you start to look at um, what's going on, and that's why it's so important. I, I'm going to get back to that, but that's why... in the importance of getting into your body. I talk a lot about, I'll talk a lot about active meditation and active meditation is bringing yourself to the present moment, getting out of your head, getting out of that. Because when you can get out of that, you can step back and look at it. And when you see the garbage that's spewing, the absolute garbage that's spewing and what's going on, you have the capability to look back and say, wow, like I'm out of control right now. <laughs> like, what am I saying? Why am I treating myself like this? And if, if you haven't got to that point, um, I would really urge you to, uh, one, take the saboteur assessment and just realize that like, wow, this stuff exists. And quite frankly, uh, Positive Intelligence is a great book. I, I would refer you to listen to my podcast. I talk a lot about this in my podcast and I'm talking about it today. But um, Positive Intelligence is a great book that really helps. It, it, was, it, it was a game changer for me. But for the purposes of today, understand that that's possible to separate yourself from your feelings and your thoughts and your emotions. And that's not you. That's just something that's passing through you at a certain time. And when you can realize that's not you, you can look at yourself as the, almost as like a friend, like you're the friend and that voice inside your head is you. And you, why the hell would you say that to yourself? It's stupid, right? And you start to learn to give yourself a break. And empathy 
um, is that. It's giving yourself a break. It's, it's giving others a break. It's, it's understanding what others are going through in a way that forces, that, that allows you not to judge them or not to judge yourself and to step back and just let people be where they're at right now. Now, what I love so much about empathy, because um, I think the first question that pops into a, a lot of people's head, and I know certainly for me, I'm a high achiever. I hold myself to a high standard. They always say that until you can empathize with yourself, it's very hard to do so with others. And I, and I would say that's very true. Um, I could in question, and this is why I think so many intelligent people like me, I would consider myself, I would consider myself incredibly intelligent, actually. Um, incredibly. <laughs> Not really, but I... I I'm a smart guy. And uh, even before I got into all this stuff, I was a smart guy. And, you know, I get in an argument with someone. Uh, I would try and see things from the, from their side. And I could, like, in theory, see things from their side. But it didn't change the way I felt about the situation, if that, if that makes sense. And I think that's where so many of smart people get stuck. It's like, we, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. I, I, I see what you're saying. But here's why you're wrong and I'm right, or whatever it might be. Or here's, in even in your mind, deep down, it's like, okay, sure, I'll tell them what they want to hear about. I just can't believe that they did that, or I can't believe that, th- I can't believe they're so worried about this, or that, that's really more, it's not about doing stuff, it's just, I can't believe they're so worried or beating themselves, beating themselves up about this, or stop feeling, you know, someone feels sad, stop feeling sad, feel better, like, I don't understand why you feel sad, I don't understand this, I don't understand that. When you, when, when you say things like that, that is like a key, should be like, a, like a, an alarm going off in your head that, yeah, that's because you have no empathy. Now, what's key and what's very important about empathy is that just because you can understand what someone's going through. Just because when someone says they're sad and you don't have a goddamn clue how they're sad, but yet you can still sit there and just let them be sad and say, okay, like that must be really hard for whatever reason. Like that must be really hard for what you're going through. And um, I'm just going to be here and not judge you. Now, why people struggle with that so much is because in their mind they're thinking, well, if I empathize with them, after something that was avoidable, so they're sad because they got into a relationship and with someone that was clearly bad from the from the onset and the person broke up with them and now they're feeling sad and you're just like, what's wrong with you? But your, your, your fear as a friend is that if you empathize with them at that point, then you're in effect encouraging their behavior, right? It's like, no, you need to be, um, you need to hold them accountable and tell them in in, in as many words, I told you so, or what's wrong with you? Why do you keep getting into these relationships? What's, and look, um, that's not true. There's a big difference between empathizing with someone and condoning their behavior, or whatever that means. There's a big difference between empathizing with yourself and condoning your own negative behavior. You're trying really hard to stop eating dessert at night, and then, and then you give in and you have dessert. Empathize with yourself. That's really hard to do, Right? It's really hard to just give up dessert if that's a big thing for you. For some people, it might not be. Some people can say, what's wrong with you? I can't, but for you, that might be really hard. And if you gave it up for one night a week or two nights a week, and then you gave in on the third night, by you just being okay with the fact that, hey, listen, you're doing the best you can, that's not you condoning your behavior. And, if, and, and you need to be very clear about the distinction there. Kid... Running around a pool, you tell him, stop running around the pool, you're going to get hurt. Keeps running around the pool, gets hurt. That doesn't mean you go up and scream and yell at him, right? You're going to make sure the kid feels better. You're going to talk to him and do whatever you got to do to make sure they feel better. But you damn well bet after that, there's going to be a discussion on the fact that running around the pool is unsafe and you are very clear with them that it's unsafe. So they're not allowed to go to the pool for a week or whatever it might be. So 
what's missing often in life is that we go right to the reprimanding. We go right to the discipline. We go right to the tough love. Um, and we skip the helping people feel felt and helping people feel like they've been understood and they've been, um, they're, they're kind of going through something. And what, what really, um, what really kind of hits this home for me, um, is that like, you have to believe it at a certain level that everyone's doing the best they can do in all situations. Kid running around a pool isn't thinking, God, I hope I fall and smash my head open. <laughs> you know, like that's not their goal. Uh, someone getting into a relationship with someone that seemingly they know they shouldn't. Their goal isn't, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to get into this relationship and hope that it all blows up in my face. That's, that, that, that's really the goal here, right? Someone that makes a big financial mistake in life isn't thinking, God, like, you know what? It's Tuesday. I really got to find a way to screw up my finances today. It's really, a way, how can I really screw my financial life up? Right? Like, no one's doing that, including you. You're not sitting in there saying, hey, you know what? Like, I'm going to give up dessert. And, uh, but then, you know what? I'm just going to purposely wait two nights and then, and then purposely against my own will give in and, and eat dessert. That's the game plan. That's the game plan. That's never the game plan. The game plan is always people in general. Like we want to be, to we, everyone wants to live a good life. Everyone wants to find peace, happiness, and ultimately love. That's what it's all about. Love at whatever varying degree. I mean, everything comes from love. So that's what people are after. And you really got to believe that in yourself included. It's a really powerful thing to think about, but it's, 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 it's a really simple thing to think about, but it's the truth. And I think so often we, we immediately judge people and we immediately judge ourselves on how we act in a certain situation. And with ourselves, we sometimes know the background, sometimes we don't. Sometimes there's things that have occurred at points in our life that we don't even remember. There's... Um, science says, this isn't me just telling you, science says that when you know, traumatic events come come up um, or when certain things happen in our life, there's a certain part of our brain called, don't quote me here, uh, it's, but it is, it's the, it's the, the hippocampus sh- shuts off and a big part of like understanding our story in life is um, done in the, in, in the hippocampus. So when we have memories throughout our life, we organize them through this part of our brain called the hippocampus. And, um, Sometimes when traumatic events occur, that part of your brain shuts off. And the same thing if you drink a lot and you black out, the, the hippocampus shuts off. And so anyway, that's like a quick little science lesson there. But for us, like as individuals, we, we're doing the best we can with what we have in front of us, right? There might be certain things in our past that we don't know. There's certainly things in other people's past that we don't know. But it's very important to understand that. Even when people that have done really, really horrible things, like the question immediately, and I think it, maybe it's that I'm surrounding myself with better people, but I, I, I'm starting to hear this conversation more, more and more. And maybe it's, I mean, I'm hopeful that the world's just getting better, but it's just like, you know, you start to wonder, uh, and maybe we're at that age where we start to really reflect on our life. At my age, I'm in my early 30s, and we start to reflect on life, and um, we see, yeah, you know what? We're at an early state, we're at an odd stage, I think, in your early 30s, and I think it's different for everyone, but it's like I'm at a stage where, uh, I see friends and family having kids. I'm getting ready to have a kid. And then I also see my parents. So you start to really reflect on like, well, God, when Nat and I have kids, how do we want to raise them? And you start to um, critique the way you were raised and not anything wrong with it per se, but you just look at, well, my parents did this and I want to, I think I want to do this. And I think um, 
it's a, it, they're, they're great conversations to have. I mean, if you're not, if you're a parent or you're going to be a parent, you're not having conversations with your significant other about how you want to raise kids, then I think you're doing something wrong, but that's a different conversation for a different day. So here we, we start to, um, I'm trying to think where I went on this tangent. We, we start to think about how we want to raise kids and we start to think about our parents and we start, okay, and back on track now. Uh, we start to think about how our parents raised us and, um, the immediate thing is like, well, maybe is, is our judge is our judgment, right? Like this went wrong. This went wrong. This went wrong. This went wrong. They did this. I can't believe my parents hit me. I can't believe they acted like this. But then the, the better question and what, again, this is what I'm starting to hear more. And I know Nat and I talk about this a lot. is like, what were our parents upbringing? Like, what was it like for them growing up? What, what were they taught growing up? Because based on the way they were brought up and the way they were brought into this world and, and the things they were taught, it's very difficult to expect them to um, do significantly different and to a certain extent. Now, I guess, I mean, of course, we're all uh, responsible for our own lives and we can better ourselves just like we're doing by listening to this podcast and me giving this podcast. But, but the point is, is I don't think, and I can't speak to other people's parents, but I think in 95, 98% of cases, people have to, um, I don't think parents bring kids in this world thinking, how can I screw this kid up? How can I give them a bad upbringing? I think we, we hopefully all have the best of intentions. And if things go wrong, then that's just part of it, right? And um, just a further example of the ability to understand that and to be empathetic, empathetic of the fact that our parents, like our friends, like our coworkers, like our kids are doing the best they can with what's in front of them or what's given to them and did the best they could. And when we can really get to a place like that, we don't need to be pissed off about things in the past. That doesn't mean that if your dad was horrible to you your whole life and was abusive and all this stuff, it's probably a, someone, someone really, I'm trying to get better about the F-bombs, but I think this is, a, someone really fucked him up growing up. If he's verbally and physically abusing you and your mom, that didn't just happen in most cases. So um, at some point you have to look and you, you almost feel bad for him or her, or whatever it might be. And it, but it also doesn't mean that you're going to invite your dad over to watch your little kid while you're away, right? So you kind of see the difference there a little bit. And I, I think that's, an, that's probably the best example I've had in this rant of illustrating the difference between kind of empathy and, um, and just kind of letting people off the hook, if you will. I, I also don't think empathy is necessarily feeling bad for someone. Uh, I recently had a friend that got out of a relationship that he shouldn't have been in. Uh, and I, um, I was incredibly empathetic to him because I just, he was going through a really tough time, really tough time. And uh, as a friend, it was very important to me to, 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 to be there for him in every single way um, and support him in any way I could and just know that I was there and I felt for him. But at the same time, I didn't feel bad for him because he did it to himself, right? Uh, and there is a difference there. I wasn't sitting there saying, oh my God, I feel so horrible for him. He's going through such a tough situation. Um, you know, I would never apologize and say, oh my God, like I feel so sorry for you. Or just, but I would also say that like I feel you and I understand that this must be really hard for you right now. Um, and to just be there. And I don't think it's as much in what you say when with empathy isn't as much about what you say with others as it is with as it is with how you uh, how you how you are with them the fact that you just listen to them 
You know, when people do, when people make un, uh, make of, of avoidable mistakes, there's in most cases no one beating them up more for that than them. So the fact that you can just let them talk it out and not sit there and judge them and say, "Well, you shouldn't have done this, you shouldn't have done that," is is of epic proportion. And maybe that's a good lead into action, as we talk about action a little bit. Uh, and I think that's this wasn't planned to be part of the thing, but I think obviously when you're when you're when you're providing an actual approach to empathy, it's just really listening. God, my last three podcasts, the action has just gone back to listening. I talked about it a while ago when it came to giving advice and it was very clear, but actually sitting back and listening to what people are saying and shaking your head and looking at them in the eye and just kind of giving them that look that says like, okay, I see you. Incredibly powerful. And so's a mirror for that. Mirror's pretty powerful when you're talking to yourself. I talked at the beginning about... um, kind of this emotional outburst I had. And that was, uh, again, part of this positive intelligence program was uh, when you do empathy, you get a childhood photo of yourself before, quote unquote, the you get all screwed up by saboteurs. And it's funny, early in your life, I had a very, an, another friend of mine who made a very, a very, very smart comment. We were talking about empathy. He was talking about vacation. And I was, had said in a podcast a while back that like vacation, it's like, about three days before vacation starts, you get really excited. And if you go on vacation for a week, about three days in, the fear kind of comes in and you're like, oh my God, it's almost over. It's almost over. But as a kid, I never felt like that. I was excited for vacation. I enjoyed every single second of that vacation till the very last second of it, never thinking about the future. I have a nephew who's a year and a half and you just watch. And it's funny when you, and so this is why the childhood photo is so useful because when you look at children, they're just in the moment, man. They live in the moment. I like literally like my nephew will like be like opening up and smashing like a counter and he's like creates a mess everywhere and then immediately he looks and he's just on to something else. I mean, it was just, I could, I just sat there. I spent, um, he spent the weekend at my parents when I, when I happened to be there a few weeks ago and it was like, I was like observing him. I was like, I was a scientist, but it's just, this kid's unbelievable. And that's how all kids are. They're just enamored with the present moment. And so anyway, you have this childhood photo of yourself uh, seemingly back then. When that's who you were, you were in the moment and not the person that you are now where you're so tied up in all this other BS. And um, God, I just remember looking at myself and just seeing the person that I was and how I was happy and I was easygoing and it's just a good kid. You know, I was a good boy. It was, it was just like I was a good boy. Like that's who I was. And um, that person's like still inside of me. And it's probably hard maybe for some of you guys to, unless you've done the exercise to really get it, but it's just, it was amazing for me to look at that person and see that. And as I'm thinking about what kind of brought the emotion to me was just more like I connected the dots inside and realized like this little kid is the person that I'm beating the shit out of. The person that I'm just constantly giving quote unquote tough love to and always pushing and always saying you need to do more and you need to do better and that's not good enough and they're further ahead of you than life. I mean, imagine talking to a kid like that. Imagine talking to a kid and being like, what's wrong with you? You need to be doing more of this. Nope, that's not good enough. You need to, and you know, quite frankly, there are parents that talk to kids like that. Um, and I'm sure we've all made mistakes and we've talked to people like that, but that's it, right? That's the saboteur coming out in us. And empathy just lets the kid be where they're at. And how do I look at myself more? How do you take a childhood photo of yourself and start to look at yourself as more of that child and less of this, person that you've created in your mind that's got all these problems and they're too fat and they're ugly and they don't deserve this or they don't deserve that. Um, how do you just look, look at yourself as a, as a little kid who just wants to enjoy life and wants to live in the moment? 
It's a powerful, powerful thing. So I think action would be, if you're interested, you know, take a look at yourself when you're a little kid. See what comes up. Uh, always, always active meditation. When a situation comes up, and I always say avoidable because I, I think that, that, that hits it on the nail pretty well. Is oftentimes, we, we, we struggle when people make stupid mistakes. It's really easy when someone gets in a car accident and they don't do anything wrong. Like It's very easy to empathize with them. It's really hard to empathize with someone that you told five times to, again, like um, you told five times to stay, to stay out of a relationship with this person and they keep going back. How do you keep empathizing with them? And so the first thing I think is for, for you to just be aware that um, hopefully that person knows what they're doing wrong. And if they don't know what they're doing wrong, then you should tell them, but maybe not first. Maybe first you should just be there with them and, and let them feel like someone's supporting them. And then go into that and then tell them how much of a they are, how much an asshole they are. <laughs> um, joking. Uh, with all that said, I think that covers it really. Um, I'd be curious to get feedback on today's episode. I'm very, um, I'm a controller at heart. So I like to control my episodes and say, I'm going to talk about this. And I'm going to talk about that. And I'll be honest, I did, I, I recorded about 12 minutes of this episode. And what I realized was I kind of broke it into three sections. And what I realized was like, I was like talking about, I kept talking about t- section three and section one. It just, it all meshes together. And, uh, yeah, I'd be really curious to get your feedback. So if, if you don't mind, shoot me a text, shoot me a message. People are really good about on IG, um, or on text or whatever it is that you use. I'd be really curious to get your feedback on this. I hope you guys have a great day and I hope you, uh, I hope you feel for someone today. Talk to you soon. Hey guys, it's Joe. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. I have a couple requests for you. Number one, subscribe to the podcast. If you'd like to subscribe, share it with some friends. Number two, go to my website, joechiccarelli.com and subscribe to my blog. I send updates out when I drop new podcasts uh, once in a while with new blogs and some other stuff. So I'll keep you updated on what's going on. The last piece, if you or anyone you know has interest in joining the podcast as a potential client or even as someone um, to have a valuable discussion or you know someone that might be good for me to bring on here an interview and pick their brain about how they've, uh, how they've, how they've come to find success in their life, let me know. Uh, you can get my contact information on my website if you don't already have it. And I look forward to hearing from you guys. I hope you have a great day.